Hey everybody, it's Pastor Mike, and I want to say thank you for joining us today at LifePoint Church. We believe Sundays are an opportunity for you to know God. We also believe small groups, the best thing we do, are your opportunity to find freedom. For more information, including locations, service times, which small groups to participate in, please visit our website at lifepointchurch.tv. My prayer for you as you listen to our message today is to encourage you and to help you take your next step to be a fully devoted follower of Jesus. Let's jump right into the message. All right, so let me begin today. We're on our summer series uh, trip through our core values here at LifePoint, and uh, it's exciting. I wanna invite you along on the journey to embrace these core values as your own values. Don't let them just be the churches, make them yours. You're part of this family. You're in, all right? And so we want you to be a part. First week, Pastor Bo, didn't he do a great job? Spoke about loving God, loving people. It's a timeless message that never gets old. It's the core of which everything we do. Then Pastor Elmer talked about pursuing excellence. And let me tell you something. People notice when you have an excellent spirit about you. And uh, I have people tell me they've come and visited the church and uh, they're like, wow, man, that is... Really, it's, it's excellence. And I want to say thank you to all of you who work in our, in our ministries, on our dream teams. You're doing a great job. And then last Sunday, Pastor Jordan, man, you got to choose joy. Everybody look at your neighbor and say, choose it. See, you got a choice as to whether you're going to be joyful or not. I, you know, uh, anybody ever watch SpongeBob SquarePants? Don't, don't, oh yeah, okay, you can raise your hand. But if these older folks start raising their hand, I'm gonna start questioning something here. All right, I watch it with my granddaughter, but you know, we don't want no crabby cakes up in the house. Can you say amen? We are filled with joy. In fact, I wanna reinforce this value this morning. So I'm gonna make a big request of you. I'm gonna invite you to get up off your seat and join me as we take part in James Brown's advice and his song, which says, get up off of that thing and dance till you feel better. Hit it, Willie. Get up off that thing. Dance till you feel better. Get up off that thing. Come on. Dance till you feel better. Get up off that thing. And dance till you feel better. Get up off. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, give a shout. All right. Some of y'all, You've never had a church experience like that. Well, they don't call me the fun pastor for nothing. Let me tell you something. When I got saved, I threw out that, that religious stuff. I went to church in a church where you couldn't move or nothing. My daddy, ain't no telling how many times he laid hands on me and it wasn't to pray for me <laughs> while I was in service, all right? And, uh, you know, I never could understand all that. If the, if the Bible's true, how many of y'all believe the Bible's true? And it says that when one gives their heart to Jesus, there's joy in the presence of the Lord. All right? That means there's a celebration. So I believe we ought to celebrate. All right? So y'all with me? All right. So if we break out in song, get up and start dancing. All right. Here we go. So now that the joy is flowing, let's look at our next stop on our journey, not our vacation. It's a journey. And as you know, this summer, we're road tripping through values. And the next stop we're making is a beautiful place here at uh, Life Point, And it's called the three T's of giving generously. Now, before you mash the break, let me have an opportunity to introduce you into what we're talking about here today. 
because generosity is the key, just as much as loving God and loving people. If you don't love God, love people, guess what? You're not gonna live, you're not gonna live a generous life. It's just not possible according to what the word of God says. But once you love God, you can't help but love people. Now there's a scripture here in 2 Corinthians chapter eight and verse seven, all right? I wanna read that to you, but let me pray over you before we do. Father, thank you for the word. Thank you, it's alive and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. I'm asking you now, give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to receive what the Spirit of the Lord is saying so we'll receive it with gladness and then we'll become performers of it in Jesus' name, amen. Now notice what this word says in 2 Corinthians 8, 7. But as you excel in everything, everybody say everything. everything. Listen to me, your life is supposed to excel in every area. Excel as a parent, excel as a friend. Excel as a dad, excel as a, as a son or a daughter, excel as a wife. We're supposed to excel as a banker or an attorney or, or whatever it is, a, a worker in the county. We work for the police department. Listen, we're not supposed to be the slackers. We're supposed to be the excellers, all right? And look at what he says right here. As you excel in everything, now he's gonna give us six traits that we're supposed to excel in. In faith, in speech, in knowledge, in all earnestness, and in our love for you, see that you excel in this act of grace or giving also. You're supposed to excel in your giving. Not squeak by, but excel. All right, praise the Lord. I'm gonna tell you what, wins a crowd every time. So uh, the word excel in the Greek, this is important to you. The word excel in the Greek means to superabound. Everybody say superabound. Man, we're like, we're like Superman, man. We're able to leap tall buildings with a single bound. All the young people looking at me going, what's he talking about? Because that's an old cartoon, right? But listen, we're supposed to superabound in quantity or quality. That's literally what God's talking about. You gotta superabound in the quantity that you have or the quality that you're operating in. Be in excess, be superfluous. You know, also trans, transivity, uh, to cause to superabound or excel. God wants us to go over and above. We're supposed to be above the world in everything we do, not below the world, all right? We're supposed to be above so that we can accomplish. The truth for us is that God wants you to excel in this life and specifically in these six areas with giving generously being the one we'll, we are absolutely gonna focus on today, all right? So God has called us to excel. Giving is a grace. Everybody say grace. Grace is a gift of God. Grace comes from God. God graces us, all right? He gives us, it's a, it's a deposit that's, that's laced on the inside of you. He drops it in and he's given it unto humanity and he wants us to excel in the area of giving. Just so you understand, giving is incorporated in three areas, time, talent, and treasure. That's why we're calling it the three T's. Look at this though, it starts right here. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper. Everybody say prosper. How many of y'all like to prosper? How many of y'all like to prosper financially? How many of y'all have ever gotten to a place where there was more month than money? I know, I know, I shouldn't bring stuff like that up, but it happens. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things. Everybody say all. And be in health just as your soul prospers. The key word here is the word soul. It's the word psyche in the Greek, which means your mind, will, and emotions. 
your prosperity with your health, your prosperity with your finances, your prosperity with relationships, everything you do is tied to the prosperity of your thinking process. Woo, come on, Jesus. I'm telling you the truth now. This is why God wants us to renew our mind. He says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, you present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, un, uh, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service of spiritual worship. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye what? Transformed. By the what? Renewing of your mind. Then in Ephesians 4, he says uh, that we're to be renewed in the spirit of our mind. Now the spirit of the mind is what controls all the actions of your life. And that's what you've got to remember. Uh, there, there are two areas of your soul. There's a conscious realm and a subconscious realm. In the conscious realm, I'm aware that you're all sitting here. You're aware that I'm here. You see my red shirt, all right? You see the TV screen. You see the other screen. You're conscious of all of these things. But if someone like my wife were to get up and throw something at me, as soon as it hits my peripheral, my subconscious begins to move. Why? Because the subconscious part of your mind controls your actions. That's the part God wants to change because you were born with selfishness, but he wants you to move to generosity. Amen. Come on, you were born with mine, mine, mine. Isn't that how your kids do? All the parents are gone. I could ask them, I could get an amen out of them. Where'd they all go? The preaching ain't that bad yet. All right, so listen. So that's what kids do. They fight over stuff, don't they? That's mine. Oh, I remember my boys, we'd ride. They'd say, Dan, he's got my, whatever it was, you know. He's got my game controller. You know, I'm like, guys, there's two of them back there. There's two people. How come we're fighting over one? Well, that one works better than the other one. Well, maybe it's because you shouldn't throw that one. <laughs> but you have to prosper in your soul. You have to prosper in your thinking in order for all of this to change and to make a difference in our life so that we can excel and become what God wants us to do. Look at this. The word soul is simply that inner self or mind, the seat of emotion, will, or thinking, which in other words is the mind, will, and emotions. All right? So prosperity literally begins with the renewing of the mind concerning our generosity in the area of time, talent, and treasure. That's what's important. So our prosperity in our giving is contained in three areas. Here they are, write them down. Giving our time, giving our talent, and giving, oh, it went away. Oh, I hit the wrong button, didn't I? There we go, come on. Hey. Boom shaka. <laughs> if you play around with it long enough, it works. But the giving of our treasure, all right? So God is always wanting us to become extravagant. Haven't you always wanted to be extravagant in what you do? You want to be extravagant? I want to be extravagant. I like to be extravagant when I put things on my wife, when I give her things. You know, I want it to be extravagant. I want her to, to like it, all right? And, and so she's the same way when she deals with me. So God wants us to learn to be extravagant with our generosity. Be extravagant with your time. Don't cut people short. Be extravagant with your talent and be extravagant with your, uh, with your treasure. Now, I want you to go to Luke chapter 10. We're gonna talk about the Good Samaritan. Everybody turn in your Bible, get your phone out, tablet, whatever it is you got. Go there with me to Luke chapter 10. This is important, all right? I'm gonna read this and then we're gonna talk about our first point. 
There was a certain lawyer who stood up and tested him saying, teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said, what is written in the law? And he answers and says, love God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul. Pastor Bo brought this out about three weeks ago. All right, and he brought this out. And he said, love your neighbor as yourself. Do you know that we're not, listen, do you know that if we fulfill this, we are fulfilling the 10 commandments? That's why, you know, people say, well, I don't understand why we don't have 10 commandments in the church. We do. They're written in our hearts in the law of love. Because if you fulfill the law of love, which is love God with all your heart and love your neighbors yourself, guess what? You won't steal. You won't commit adultery. Come on, are you with me? You'll fulfill all 10. We're under the law of love, which is a greater law. Why? Because God is working with us with the Holy Spirit to convict us so that we can accomplish what he needs us to do. So Jesus said, that's good. And then the man wanting to justify himself. Everybody say justify. How many of y'all have ever tried to justify yourself? Don't raise your hand. But you've done something, you tried to justify what you do. Uh, it don't work. I just did that yesterday. It doesn't work. All right? I did it with my wife. It doesn't work. Uh, I won't tell the story. Then Jesus answered and said, praise the Lord. A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho, fell among thieves who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him, departed, leaving him half dead. Everybody say half. half. I wonder which half was alive, and which half was dead. Do you ever, you ever, I mean, the Bible's true. I mean, why don't you just put it, left him beat up? You and I say that. We saw somebody on the side of the road. They were half dead, man. Jesus talking the same way. Now by chance, a certain priest came down that road. When he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite, when he arrived at the same place, came and looked. Everybody remember, saw and looked. Those are important. And passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. Now notice that. And when he saw him, everybody say saw. He had compassion. So he went to him, bandaged his wounds, pouring oil and wine, set him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. On the next day when he had departed, he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper and said to him, take care of him and whatever more you spend when I come again, I will repay you. Now we see all three elements of generosity involved here. We see time, he had to stop and help. We see talent, he knew what to do. We see treasure because he paid for it at the end. Are y'all following me? Are, you, are, we, are we all clicking together on this? All right. So which of these three do you think was his neighbor? And he said, he who showed mercy and Jesus said, go and do likewise. So my first point today is you gotta learn to give your time. See then that you walk circumspectly. I like Ephesians 5. The man, the, listen, we got a priest and we've got a, um, a Levite, all right? Let's say the podium is the man laying on the road or beside the road, however he was laying. He's laying there half dead. These guys walked by. Now listen to me. They said they saw. The first one, the Levites saw. So as he's off in a distance, he sees him. But I can guarantee you, he saw, but he did not allow compassion. Compassion enters through what you see and what you hear. But he did not allow compassion to enter into his heart because he kept on going, which tells me that when he got right here, even with him, he never bothered to look again. He just kept right on going because he knew if he looked, he'd have to stop and help. I want you to know that what you see that moves your heart is God telling you to stop and do it. Then we had a priest who came by and did the same thing. It said, and looking. So he gave a casual glance and he did the same thing. But the Samaritan saw him and he was moved with compassion. 
And then this is why this, this Ephesians 5 is so important. See then that you walk circumspectly or walk in the right manner. Walk like Jesus walked, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time. Everybody say redeeming. All right, look right here, everybody. How many of y'all have ever felt you haven't had enough time to get everything done in a day? Let me see your hand. That'll be everybody in the house at some point. But did you know you could redeem your time? Spiritually is the only way that time can be redeemed. Can't redeem it in the natural. Can't buy it back. Come on, are y'all with me? But you can give your time to God and God will give you time back. Woo, come on. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. This is so significant to us. Oh, I'm pushing the wrong button. There we go. When we do not have enough time, here's what happens. Can y'all see this? Is that up on the big screen? Yeah. When you do not have enough time, we'll begin to develop symptoms of disconnect and eventually succumb to spiritual disease resulting in decay and death because we're not allowing what we're seeing to move on our heart. Y'all done got real quiet on me. But I'm just telling you like it is. How many of y'all believe the Bible? See, so then in Colossians 4, 5, out of the Amplified Version, he says, behave yourself wisely, living prudently with all discretion in your relations with those of the outside world, the non-Christians, making the very most of, of the time. Making the most. Everybody say the most. most. Making the most of time. In other words, listen to me. In your busy schedule tomorrow, you're gonna get up, you're gonna go to work. If God wanted to interrupt your schedule for a moment, would you let him? Most of us, the answer would be no. We would shake our head yes in the church, but when it came right down to it, we would say no. I don't have time. If you were this guy passing this, this man on the side of the road and, and you're on your way, you waited to the last minute to leave to go to an appointment, you know it takes 15 minutes to get there and you only have 13 minutes on the clock you are gonna pass this person up and not allow compassion to rise up. That's why we pass people on the road all the time. We pass them on the highway and, and, and we see them broke down and maybe God's saying pull over but we just keep right on going because we think it's too dangerous or, or we're in a hurry to get to where we need to go. Everybody on 24 is in a hurry. My gosh. You can only place, and I know in America where you can do 70 and get killed. I mean, they'll run you over out there at 70. They'll be honking the horn at you and giving you a Hawaiian good luck sign. <laughs> I got two of them the other day. I just keep telling them I am number one. <laughs> well, it's true. Hey, if you don't see yourself as number one, what are you going to be? All right. So time is important. Behave yourself wisely, living prudently with, that, with discretion in your relations with those of the outside world, the non-Christians. Making the very most of the time and seizing, buying up opportunity. Did you know Ecclesiastes tells us in the third chapter, I think it's long, about the 15th verse, we have time and we have chance. So when we talk about chance, we don't like the word chance in the church, but if you look that word up in the Hebrew, it's the word opportunity. 
And businessmen have found out that when time and opportunity hit the right mark, they strike. Can you say amen? That's how they make money. Well, why aren't we looking for time and opportunity when it comes to the lost? This is what God calls giving generously. Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. Do you believe that? Time is a key. We have two types of time, chronos and curus. Chronos is the 24 hours. It's the watch on my, on my wrist right here. And it's that calendar on your phone that you keep opening up and looking at, wondering if you've got anything scheduled. That's what chronos is. It's the 24-hour time period, the seven days a week, the 24-hour day, etc. But we also have curus. And in the curus are the divine moments where God shows up to interrupt your schedule so that he can touch somebody's life. Not just theirs, but yours also. I love these moments where God shows up. I, you know, I go to the grocery store and, I, and I'll go out to eat. I'm looking for people to bless because I, I want to be a blessing. It's, you know, it changed. There's something on the inside that changes. I was in the grocery store not long ago and I got in line. I got in the long line. I don't use it. My wife will tell you. I go looking for the short line. You know, God's still working on that patient word with me. But I got in the long line. And while I'm in that line, there was, a, there was a, a lady checking out. She had two kids in the cart and she's checking out. She's got all this stuff and there's just somebody and then me. And the lady, when they got done, she said, okay, this is gonna be this much money. She's about $35 short. She said, oh, I don't have that much money. And so the lady, without thinking, no compassion. She said, well, we'll take this off and we'll take this. I said, hey, lady. She looked at me and I said, put that back. And she said, what? And I said, put it back in there. I'm gonna take care of whatever she owes. And she said, the lady now that's buying the groceries looks at me and says, oh, I'll come back. And I said, ma'am, no need to come back. You got two kids. You just, you just go on about your way and be blessed. I said, God's blessed me. Now I wanna bless you. And I said, I hope you have a good day. And I gave the money to the lady. And when I gave it to her, I was like, don't you Y'all know what I'm talking about, don't you? I'm gonna smack you up a couple of times. And then you smile and say, Jesus loves you. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, I'm, I'm real about this stuff, all right? How many of y'all ever felt that way and wanted to do that? I appreciate your honesty right there. Moments can seem mundane, ladies and gentlemen. But if we're redeeming the time, the miraculous may wait to be unwrapped in that moment. I remember I was preaching in Kenya one time and we were praying for people and it was, I was tired, it was hot. It was in the middle of the day and there's no air conditioning. It was about 100 degrees outside and uh, this, uh, this man comes down the aisle and he's walking on the sides of his feet. The bottom of his feet are literally pointed 90 degrees out and he's clumping his way up. And I'm sitting there thinking, I'm hot, I'm tired. I mean, every part of me is wet from sweat. I'm ready to go. And the Lord said, I want to heal him. And I said, okay. And so I'm thinking to myself, come on now. I'm thinking to myself, we've been praying for people to be healed. We'd had some people already healed. But I'm thinking of that headache stuff. I said, Lord, do you realize that his feet are messed up? And he said, lay hands on him. So when he got down front, I laid my hands on him, El Greco. I said, in the name of Jesus, be healed. And when I said that, that man jumped straight up in the air. 
And when he landed, his feet, you could hear the bones crack and he landed on the bottom of his feet. And he took off walking and then he took off running and ran out the door. It was two days later before we saw him. I asked him, I said, did you get enough running in? He said, he said I'm healed in Jesus' name. Redeeming the time so that the miraculous, can you say amen? It's important that you get this because this time element is tied. Time, talent, treasure, it's all tied together. And look at this. When you seize a divine moment, you instigate an atomic reaction in life. You become a human catalyst creating a divine impact. Mm, it ain't you. Why don't you get over yourself and realize it ain't you, you can't do it. I can't change anybody's life, but I know the one who can. And I'm gonna speak for him and try to do what he wants me to do. I'm 66. I left my church after 29 years. It was a good church. We never owed any money. We owed $1 million one year and paid it off in 10 months. And ever since then, we built buildings, never had to borrow money because God, he will meet your need. He will supply what you need. You go in your prayer closet and God shows up on the outside. Pastors all wanna know, how'd you do it? I said, get in my prayer closet. What do you mean? Get in my prayer closet. You raise your money in your prayer closet. You don't raise it from the front. You get in the prayer closet and then it comes out when you're up front and they'll get on board. Woo, glory to God. All right, so much for that. See, our choices will either move us toward God and all the pleasures that come in him or steer us away from him to a life of shame and fear. Jesus needed to go through Samaria, why? Because he needed to change the life of a woman at the well. She came, listen to me close. She came for a mundane, bucket of water and met the king of glory he said I must go through Samaria and she had her life impacted and not only that but she changed the life of other people in Samaria All right, so let's talk about giving our talent number two it says as this Samaritan journeyed he came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. So he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring oil and wine, and he sent him on his own animal. Listen to me, ladies and gentlemen. This is using your talents. The Samaritan knew what to do, used his ability to do it. Now, stop, 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 stop. You're sitting there thinking, well, what was he, a first responder? <laughs> Negatory. He was a Samaritan. In fact, he was someone the Jews hated, and he stopped to bandage the wounds of a Jew. Uh-huh. What you gonna do with that? Isn't it funny how God uses us and then he makes us face what we don't like? It's amazing. But that was him using his talents for God and, and you use them despite how great or how small. This man, had, listen to me, he had enough in him to know that he could bandage these wounds and then carry them someplace and leave him. And when he carried them, he... he See, he engaged his time because he stopped. He engaged his talent because he knew what to do. And he engaged his treasure because when he took him to the end, he gave money to pay for him to be there and said, when I come back, if you spend any more, I'll bring it and give it to you. Come on. Man, I'm telling you right now. I remember at Trinity, we, we decided we'd get everybody trained in uh, first aid and CPR. So we brought in all of our dream teamers and we trained every one of them ushers, greeted all of them. We trained them all 
little champion workers. We trained everybody, got them all trained. And then two weeks after we got them trained, we were hosting district council. So the district's there. Tom Trash, the speaker of the district's there. No, that's not one, the one he was at. It was somebody else was speaking. But anyway, the district council was there. And a man gets up, a pastor, his name was Larry, gets up and he walks out into the foyer and he collapses with a heart attack. And one of the men who went through CPR jumped on it immediately and began to give him CPR. We called, got an ambulance there. And then, of course, they're dismissing the service, so I, I sent a note up front, so they made everybody go out the side door so we could have it. It was the most orderly thing. that The, the, the ambulance people told us that we'd never seen anything that orderly with that many people. But we had it all cleared out. We were planned and ready to go. But this man used his talent. He was an engineer, but he used his talent. He was not a first responder. He was not a nurse. He was not a doctor. He was a man who was trained, who stepped up with the little talent that he had and changed the life of a man who was dying on the floor much like the Samaritan. Can you say amen? amen? So it's important that we understand this. One who is faithful, look at this in Luke 16, 10. One who is faithful in very little is also faithful in much. See, that man was faithful in the little thing. He just knew what to do and started doing it. Now God can bless him with more. We always look at this from a money aspect. And it's one who is dishonest in very little is dishonest in much. If then you have been faithful in the unrighteous that's money. If you have not been faithful with money, everybody say money. Who will entrust you to the true riches, which is the revelation of the kingdom of God? It's a powerful statement. And if you've not been faithful in that which is another man's, who will give you that which is your own? Sometimes we wonder why we never get promoted. Let's don't backbite while we're at work working for someone else. If you don't like the environment, leave. God will supply your need. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. We don't need to be like everybody else, sister wagon tongue. You know, we don't need to be like that. All right? That's gnaw to the gnaw, gnaw, gnaw. <laughs> we ain't doing that. God wants you to learn to be faithful with someone else's. You know, people ask me, said, well, how did you get that job at Trinity? I said, I was faithful when serving the man before me. I served him with diligence. Whatever he needed, I did. I just, that's just built in me. And I got elevated where the others didn't. There was always some disconnect in some of the things. But he would talk about things in staff meeting and I just began to make them happen. Listen, learn to take what is another man's and give the best you got and then God will promote you and give you what you need. So this speaks to your ability to manage as a steward what God has given you. And this is using your talents, whether the least or the greatest. My real talents were in the field of money and banking. I used our church the first time we built a new sanctuary and saved 30-something thousand dollars in fees because I went down, sat down with the banker and said, you don't need to charge that. You don't need to charge this. He goes, how do you know this stuff? I said, because I've been a banker for 10 years. I just showed up over here but you don't need to charge us for that when it's unnecessary. Are you listening to me? That was my better talent working. All right? And so this is the way it is. And then let me talk to you about giving your treasure because again, all three of these. Now, now we're gonna talk a little bit about money. Everybody look at your neighbor and say money. Uh-huh. All right? Look at this. Luke 12, 34, what does it say? 
Let's read it together. Ready? Read. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So now we determine whether we're stingy or generous because your heart's going to be where you want it all for yourself or you're willing to bless others. So it's where your, where your treasure is. That's where you sink your heart. Listen, your heart always identifies your treasure. It will either be centered on selfishness or generosity. Isn't that something? You think God's got this figured out? Yeah, he does. Giving generously is an outward operation to others and not an inward action to the church. When the church increases financially, that's when the church has the capacity to reach the harvest. When you give, you see greenbacks going in the bucket or you see greenbacks going to an organization You see it leaving you. You see dollars leaving you. Let me show you what God sees when we give our money. Can you put the picture up? Look at this crowd. This is in Mozambique. These are people. Listen, this area right here. In all the years of Mozambique, there's never been a gospel crusade. This is the first ever gospel crusade. Look at the crowd. There was over a half a million people in the crowd hearing about Jesus because someone gave. See, when you give, God sees the pictures of the lost. Oh, I love it. He's not looking at, put it back up there, please. He's not looking at dollar signs. He's looking at lost people who need to hear about Jesus. I dreamed in my dreams about the harvest. I would see, I would wake up at night after I dreamed because I was seeing faces of people in the field instead of seeing uh, the wheat kernels, it would show me faces of African people and I knew I had to do something about it because God was calling me to go. Listen, you can't not see it and not be moved by what you see. Jesus was moved by what he saw He says he saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion. He told them to pray for the laborers to come and help when there's a multitude. But then there were other times where he was moved with compassion and he healed and he was moved with compassion and he taught. There's a time for all of it. And then the man that rebuilt the wall, he rebuilt it because he heard Jerusalem was broken down, the city of the great king. And he went and and he asked the the great leader, he said, could we go back and rebuild the wall? And he gave him permission and gave him the money. You have not because you ask not. When you're moved with compassion. Pastor Mike preaching in the forward campaign, he made this statement. He said, let me tell you why we're gonna build another uh, another, uh, campus down on Tiny Town because it's close to the post down there and that's where all the masses are moving. He said, when you give, there's gonna be some 12-year-old kid who several years from now is gonna pledge his life into the army and be stationed at the 101st and he's gonna come looking for a place to find God and because we've built a place, he can come and find God and have his needs supplied. When he talked about the Ford campaign, That's what I heard. I said to him afterwards, I said, that's the heartbeat of God. It's not about building up treasures in the church. It's about building up treasure in heaven where rust and moth cannot eat away.
Are you hearing me today, church? He's not after your money. He's after you to get rewarded for doing what's right so that God can provide the divine moments. Oh, I love it. I'm 66. I couldn't be more fired up about Jesus than I am today. And to be able to go and do his bidding. My friend Christopher, when he took that picture, he called me and he said, he said, Pastor Mike, you can't believe the size of the crowd. Never a gospel campaign. But tonight, hundreds and thousands are being born again into the kingdom of God. Because somebody gave $25,000. That's all that crusade cost. You think it was worth it? 500,000 people hearing the good news of Jesus Christ. What a return. And I'm telling you right now, your pastor loves you. And he's not trying to get you to give so he can have more. He's not trying to get you to give so he can brag and say, look at what all we got in the bank. He's trying to get you to give so that kid, when he shows up, and all the other people who are gonna be right alongside of him can walk into an environment where the anointing and the Spirit of God are alive and well where we've gotten up off that thing and danced till we felt better. So that God's glory can be had. So what happened with the Samaritan? He saw him, was moved with compassion. He gave his time. He bandaged up the man, poured on the oil, and then carried him to the inn. He gave of his treasure and he gave of his talent. You see, you can't do one and not the others. They're all connected. Every one of them. They just work together. If you just try to give your money and never want to give your time and talent, listen to me, that's not acceptable to God. It won't be accepted by God because your heart won't be in the right place. So what am I saying to you today? I'm challenging you. You go out of this place today. Let your eyes, let what you see in your eyes move you with compassion. Make a difference in somebody's life. Time is running out. And we need to seize every opportunity we can. Father, I pray for every person watching in this place. I pray today will be a great day. But I pray that what we've heard, what we've seen on the screen, will enlarge our heart. And Father, we'll be moved by seeing and hearing the works which could be done if we allowed a divine moment to happen. So I thank you now that we're going to move forward in peace and we're going to accomplish everything you've called us to do in Jesus' glorious name. Amen. Stand up, everybody. Come on, if you believe the word today, come on, let's give him praise. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Come on, he's worthy. Worthy of glory and honor. Hallelujah. Yes. Hey, I want to pray with you and I want you to pray this prayer with me. Would you repeat after me? If you need Jesus, I want everybody in the house to pray whether you need him or not. But pray this prayer and then when service is over, we have people right down here that want to pray with you. Let's pray. Say, Father, in Jesus' name, I ask you now, forgive me of my sin. Wash me in your blood. Cleanse me. I thank you now that I am 
a child of God. I'm born again. I'm in the kingdom of God. And I thank you for this church that I can join. In Jesus' glorious name. And everybody said, Amen. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to our message. My prayer for you is that you've been inspired and challenged by the message and also moved in your devotion to Jesus. If you'd like to grow in your walk with Jesus Christ, stay connected or even partner with us through generosity, please be sure to visit our website at lifepointchurch.tv. We hope you have a blessed week and we will see you next Sunday.